Hi, this is Nick. I want to let you know that I'm not going to be on this episode. Uh, filling in and guest hosting would be uh, Jay Ness. He's been on the show before, twice before. Uh, with him will be previous guest Ben Anke and my partner on Kyle and Nick on Film, our YouTube channel, Kyle Gothy, will be joining them. Uh, they'll be talking about Star Wars. So give uh, a warm welcome to Jay for his first time hosting the show. And I hope as they uh, hope you enjoy as they talk Star Wars. are we are surrounded by not only comic books but also star wars comic books uh and sitting next to me are two star wars fans at the very least uh people that saw the new movie (laughs) (laughs) uh and uh yeah we wanted to get together uh just after the release and have a, a discussion and sort of uh decompress not only the series but I'm assuming the movie because it's it's fresh in our heads, uh, and I think there's a lot to unpack. Uh, so Ben and Kyle, let's keep this traditional. Who got you into Star Wars? And let's combine that with the dedication. Hmm. Who would you like to get it or dedicate this to this episode? Well, the funny thing is actually, I don't know his name anymore because he dated my cousin for some years and they're not together anymore, but he actually snuck into his workplace to make copies, sorry, Disney, copies of his VHSs for the original trilogy and brought them over. And I recall like saying to myself, I only have three, so I have like one a week that I'm going to watch so I don't burn through them. This was four-year-old Kyle already not liking endings. So I, I went all the way through them and I remember burning through those tapes. Like I actually broke the VHS copies and had to repurchase them myself. So Disney, you still got my money. Lucasfilm, you still got my cachet. So uh, yeah, so dedication to the unnamed stranger who got me into Star Wars. <laughs> Very good. I got to ask now, which version of the VHS uh, VHSs were these? Were these like the, the uh, was it CBS did them? I can't remember, not, C- not CBS. Uh, there was because the THX uh, VHS copies came out in the early 90s. Before that, was it? Oh, I'm fr- correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like it's CB- CBS. I think so. It's tough for me because they just had the white, like he put a white sticker on each one and just wrote the name. So yeah. I never got to really look at, the, I remember looking at the cases once. Yeah. Um, but they were, you know, they had the episode titles, like Star Wars had been called A New Hope at this point, but it was pre-special editions. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still old enough to remember a time before the special editions. So. <laughs> and CBS, it's definitely not CBS. Why did I say CBS? <laughs> well, well, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll look that up in a bit. Ben. Uh, I walked downstairs once and my dad was watching Empire Strikes Back and it was the scene where uh, Vader and the, the snowtroopers storm, they break into Echo Base and the Imperial March is playing. That was like the first scene I ever saw and was hooked after that. And and uh, so yeah, that was my first introduction to it. So I guess uh, my dad got me into it for sure. Likewise, yeah, my dad would be renting the films uh, from the video store. Uh, and as a kid, before I'd actually taken the time to 
um, actually process how many Star Wars films there were. I just thought that they were a ton. Uh, yeah, and as a kid, uh, someone who's you know uh, spending a lot of time at the, v- or the, the video store, uh, at the time, there was also a ton of Star Trek movies and Star Wars. So to me, it was very much kind of like one weird, not 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 universe, but like a genre. And uh, when I actually started paying attention to it, I think was when the toys started coming out, like the the the, the second batch of toys. Uh, so like maybe like when we were like seven, eight. How old are we all? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Okay, so we're around the same age. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, but also, uh, yeah, the special editions, um, that was very secondary for me as well. Uh, let's, let's get right into it. Um, the Rise of Skywalker, um, all nine episodes, they're done. How are we feeling? Feeling okay. I'm feeling good. I'm not feeling astounded. I'm not feeling... You know, yeah. shocked or surprised. I think that's the J.J. Abrams effect, though, is he and I, I don't blame him for any of the problems that I'm going to discuss today yeah. um, because he had a daunting task. He had one of his three main actors who was going to be the focus of the film die before they could even shoot anything. Yeah. Uh, he had to, you know, finish an unplanned trilogy and finish a nine film saga. Yeah. I think those results, when you go into it with the, you know, I've always gone into Star Wars films. It's just got to be better than my least favorite one, which is Phantom Menace. If it's better than Phantom Menace, <laughs> I consider it a successful Star Wars film. And this was. We'll talk um, about that later. We'll talk too. about that later. <laughs> well, Ben, I actually saw it with Ben. Yeah. So those at home listening, uh, I didn't get to, I wasn't obviously watching your face. <laughs> I was yeah. watching the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what? how are you feeling right now about? Uh, when I walked out of the movie, I highly, highly enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed a lot of what happens in the film. I enjoyed a lot of where it takes us. Uh, and I think my issues with it come from digesting it as a whole, as it fits in the nine film saga. Um, and less so, I have less issues with the film itself, more so issues with, I, I was saying to Kyle before we hopped on here, I, I like every, almost everything that happens in this movie. I don't like the execution of how everything, almost everything happens. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's our agreement. Biggest issue with this is story wise, plot wise, the beats, the things that happen, I'm okay with. Yeah. Just, it was a little, I, I, we can all agree it was a little f- rushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the pacing was uh, unlike, it was like light an, speed. Any of the films. It was like yeah. light speed. Literally, there was we were no light speed space skipping breathe. through the <laughs> yeah. entire movie. I was, yeah. <laughs> the second time I watched it, I was like, oh my God, the light speed skipping is the perfect metaphor for this whole film. Yes. <laughs> oh, so you saw it twice. I did. Well, I, so I left on Thursday night. I got home and like, I, I have this when I see films that are like majorly important to me or something like really like important to like who I am as a person. I go home and I literally can't speak. I, I have nothing to say. And that's happened with a lot of films. Once I've loved, once I've hated. Um, but my wife turned to me and she was like, I really like that. What did you think? And I was like, I don't know. Like, and, and the next morning I told her, I was like, I got to go back again. I'm sorry. I got to go check this out or else I can't say a word today. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, th- I think time and, and uh, just being able to soak things in and, I mean, for one, too, also the pacing of that film, like, you know, we're just saying, I feel like, um, I mean, it was a lot flying at you um, and uh, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> um, I, I I walked away. Um, I'm, I'm, I think 
parts of what Ben had said uh, are, are reminiscent of how I'm feeling at the core, like uh, where the road went, um, how they told the story about the new characters and how it wound up. I, I, I enjoyed all of that. I thought that that was, that was cool. Um, and I, I, the new things that they built on that Ryan Johnson had set up, um, especially with expanding the powers of the force and how the characters uh, were using it to their advantage to, well, from an outsider's perspective, <laughs> progress what was happening on screen, but to, to uh, you know, uh, as the connection as to how they could overcome. Um, and, and spoilers, obviously, if, if we're, we're about to, you know, <laughs> it's definitely a spoiler. Yeah, if yeah. you haven't seen the if film, you seen it, you're not listening pause to this. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pause this. Um, yeah, uh, you know, my, and I, I try to, I always try to focus on the positive and, um, and see the merits in, 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 in anything I watch because, uh, I think we live in such a, uh, a negative, uh, society in terms of like just the sort of energy that gets put out onto the internet. It's, it's gross. As a matter of fact, I just did like a, uh, I, I don't really post a Facebook much anymore, but I did an experiment. I just posted, um, my subjectively you know negative thoughts about uh star wars uh and and this film uh and i found it super interesting that this negative post um coming from someone who doesn't post uh on a regular basis this got more traction than than um any of the things like I really want people to pay attention to like, Hey, I worked on this cool thing. Like I, I worked really hard. Uh, uh, what do you guys think? Um, not that it matters, but, um, so what I'll say, what, what, what am I trying to say? I, I think that the biggest thing for me was I felt like there was this giant checklist of things that was made between um, all the hands in the cookie jars. Mm -hmm. Nick and I were talking actually, and it's like this has to be in there. This should be in there. Um, and I will. I, I have to commend them. Um, they did a really good job of finding ways that f that allowed for the story to flow to utilize all of those uh, trademarks, um, like like uh, the, uh, you know, between the ships and like, you know, like the X-Wing um, and the, the, the voices of um, uh, the Jedi past. Um, and it, it, it was a lot of fan service. <laughs> and I guess it's mostly a preference thing. I think I would have enjoyed the movie uh, maybe more if I wasn't constantly being like, oh, remember this? Oh, remember that? Like, oh, we remember this. So... Uh, th that's cool, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess that would be my biggest disappointment with it. And I'm not saying that, like, I don't, I don't feel like it, it was a bad movie. Um, I, I don't, it's just not the movie I maybe would have preferred to have seen. And I think that that movie, interesting enough, the, the story and everything, like I said, I liked that was in there. Um, but all the other stuff, I just felt so much of it was unnecessary, but I was also expecting it. So I don't know. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Just in terms of, um, did the fan service element bother you guys at all? Fan service has its place, especially in something like Star Wars or like, you know, we can talk about fan service to no end in a film like Avengers Endgame from earlier this year. Yeah. Fan service has a place. 
Um, there are moments when fan service goes too far. And like what you mentioned about a checklist, I thought the same thing about Solo last year. For and I, I like, really liked Solo. I yeah. really enjoyed the movie. Yep. But it felt to me watching that in a crowded theater like, this is where you got his name. This is how he met Chewbacca. This yeah. is how he got the ship. And really what I would have preferred from a film like that is instead of calling it like Solo, you call it Kessel Run and you just make it one story about Solo. Um, and yeah, like kind of like this, this felt like a lot of stories jammed into one film, which goes back to the the principal problem of not having a plan for this trilogy. And yeah. it's never been more apparent than with its finale because they had to jam an ending in without yep. knowing what that ending was going to be. So uh, the fan service thing doesn't bother me as much in, in most places of the film because that's the only way that you can make everyone happy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I can't deny that that it was the safe thing to do, especially with the backlash of, of the last film. Um, I also noticed, I was looking uh, this morning at... Uh, uh, the, the, the sort of the general critical consensus versus the fans and how this is uh, the most poorly reviewed Star Wars movie uh, in the history of Star Wars. Uh, but the fans, um, you know, it's up in like the 80-something, 90 percentile, where that was the exact opposite with The Last Jedi. The mm -hmm. Last Jedi was reviewed, uh, reviewed so well critically, uh, but the fans were literally divided because I think it was like at 50%. Um, so I... I uh, in terms of the Last Jedi, are you guys in the <clears throat> in in the in the uh, subscribe to the idea that that was a misstep, or 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 did it? I know how I feel about it, but you know, because it was so different, and because you know there wasn't a plan. Um, was it a good thing that it happened the way it did or was made the way it was? You know, um, it's especially now that we can see where everything had to land and how it landed. Hmm. <laughs> I think it took... It, it's interesting now because now we know how it ends and what they took from it. I'm uh, uh, the things that they took from it in the rise of Skywalker. I am grateful that the last Jedi went in the direction it did. And the things that I'm thinking about chiefly are the amplified connection between Ben and Ray. Absolutely. And the theme, the overall theme of this, this whole sequel trilogy, which seems to be that your past and where you come from doesn't matter. Yeah. And that seems to be define kind of, you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that seems to kind of be the overall theme of this trilogy. And I'm glad that the last Jedi kind of went there. A little bit more um so it's like the jedi need to end and ray your past doesn't matter and even though it kind of does now even though it kind of doesn't now i don't know <laughs> um, does it or does it not i'm not sure um and then the other theme of the last jedi which i was really grateful for which was yoda telling luke is like learn from your failures um and those are the things that will guide you which he does guide ray away from what luke failed at leading up to the last jedi is that um Luke went into exile, said he was going to abandon the Force, which is exactly what Rey decides to do when she learns that she's a Palpatine. And then she goes to Octo and uh, says that's what she's going to do. And then Luke appears and says, "Hey, learn from me, dumbass! Like you're, you know, you're, you're, you can't, you can't like abandon. You can't. Your destiny lies with um, choosing the good. Yeah, yeah, and not doing what I did." 
Yeah, yeah. And I've got to, <clears throat> I have to commend Ryan Johnson for making that, you know, what essentially is kind of, kind of like the second act of a, of a three, you know, with the trilogy. It's like, he made a story where the characters, because uh, it is about failure. It's about humanity, I feel like, and becoming a better person as a result of, um, of, of failure and, and finding your way through it. Um, even the best of us, you know, make mistakes, fail. Luke Skywalker, um, he's flawed. I love that they explored mm-hmm. the flaws in, 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 these, in some of these characters. Um, but also, he probably felt that his hands were kind of tied behind his back because it's like, well, how do I tell... It's clear that he wanted to do something different with the franchise, and, and he did. Um, but where do you take the story when you don't know where it's supposed to go? Like, are we're in, there's a whole nother movie. So I felt like he made a story that was sort of, that, that arced the characters and didn't really progress what was going on in that world as much. Um, it was more so something that, that, that um, yeah, took our characters and brought them to a place they hadn't been or that, you know, they, they became better from it. Um, where do you stand on The Last Jedi? So uh, having seen Ben's rankings on Facebook the other day, I actually was surprised at how much we actually agreed on a lot of stuff. I think The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie since Empire. Right on. I think Last yeah. Jedi, I admire the risk taken. I admire the ballsy moves that were made. Um, it's a much more of a character-driven story than a right. plot-driven Star Wars film. And like you said, it's about failure. Everyone in our, like even our new characters, all of them fail in this film. Yes. There's there's a, a coup against Holdo that doesn't go right. There's uh, this whole Canto bite sequence where like everything that can go wrong goes wrong for our characters, and really like it, you know he he did the best with not knowing where the story was going to go. Yeah. Um. And even if he had talked to Trevorrow about where his ending was going to lead into Trevorrow, so that's not the film we got. Um. And and the the communication between him and Abrams between seven and eight was really just make sure R two D two ends up on Octo. That was the only communication that came in was make sure he ends up there for my story. Really? That was the only like real thing that he said, like, I need him to be there in the film. Um, so interesting because yeah. it, is, it is odd when you think about the crew that goes to Octo. It's like Chewie and R2. Yeah. And maybe it's because <laughs> why? Why I think Chewie that's kind of why they like, like they maneuvered in that like missing map piece kind of thing where they're like, just have him get the map piece and then he can maybe go along with it. And like it just needs to be there to, you know, remind Luke of what he's been without. So I'm a huge Last Jedi fan. And a lot of people were saying like, well, The Last Jedi, you know, again, like moving the characters forward didn't move the plot forward as much. Um, I will disagree in the sense that that was not one of the reasons why so much was jammed into Rise of Skywalker because this first half, half of the film is a MacGuffin search that you could right. have shortened. There's the sequence where C-3PO refuses to read the Sith stuff. So they have to go to Kajimi to get the Sith like reading. Yep. You don't have to have that. Just have him read the Sith, Sith stuff and you can cut 20 minutes out of the film. But then you don't then, get that little that little cute guy i know droid smith this is the, <laughs> just the best part put of the him in the movie. mandalorian um <laughs> hashtag more porks uh so i just feel like that whole thing you could have chopped 20 minutes out of the film to add to some of the exposition that was missing in the last half mm. like yeah. i would have loved mm. 20 more minutes in that sith temple with palpatine and oh, all yeah. those hooded figures for sure um because i still don't entirely i'm not huge on like the the expanded universe and and like canon books and stuff and you shouldn't have to be uh but like I don't know enough about that specific area to really love what they did there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it was kind of like I got a bite of the cookie and I want to eat the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know who they were, right? Was it all the previous 
you know Sith lords that have fallen, or is it all clones of Palps? Or it, it, it was it was the choir singing singing Duel of Fates. Oh yeah, for that, for that one. They've been singing <laughs> it for forty two yeah. years. Because remember the, when we first saw them? That's that's uh, that's that's what they sang. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> the first couple notes. Of that. Yeah, yeah, a few few bars of that. Um, no, I think it was of Sith of the past, um, uh, and 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 that that was that was interesting. And you know this. You know, talking about Palpatine now, okay. Um, I understand why they brought him back. Um, I also, you know, it, it caused me to think a lot as to why. Why would they bring him back? Um, uh, uh, and it, it, we we obviously know it's because okay, well, this is. This we're gonna we we've got to tie up Ray's story, um, <clears throat> but going back to and I don't mean to keep kicking this dead horse, knowing that the, the this trilogy was unplanned, I couldn't help but feel uh, that it all it reminded me of Spectre, how like uh, Christopher Waltz uh, remind me of the the Bond villain's name Blofeld, Blofeld it was like it was always me like the whole time. <laughs> When we started writing the script, <laughs> that's when it became me this whole time. Um, and it, it very much to me felt like an afterthought, like, you know, like Palpatine's been pulling the strings the whole time. Um, and, and, and you know what? They did an okay job of that. I just, um, it, 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 yeah, it works. But to me, it was very clear that that wasn't the plan in the <laughs> first two movies. And you know, I could be wrong. I, mean, I, I could be wrong. But. I, I, I think, think it was are. the death of Snoke in eight. I think Snoke was going to be the guy yeah. in that chair at the end of nine. And I think sure. we were going to get that big Plagueis reveal mm. that Snoke was Plagueis. That, in my mind, that's just where I see that going. And then when he died, they're like, well, who do we replace him? Well, who's the big bad? You know, like, and I think that's where the Palpatine thing comes in. And I don't, again, I don't fault them for doing that. Cause I think that that brings a cohesiveness. The first six films were always the story of Anakin, you know, his turn yeah. to the dark side, his redemption. When Anakin dies, what are now what's the nine films about when yeah. it's not about Anakin it's about Palpatine like he is the central figure that ties the entire structure mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. yeah so it's a smart move if you have to figure out a way through right. it yeah um and the way they included Snoke you know in this like cloned uh, kind of like attempt at a clone of Palpatine I thought was cool it's, it's a nice little like mm -hmm. fix that didn't feel overly jarring but you're right like i almost feel like they're gonna get special editions later on where they like put scenes with palpatine <laughs> and snoke talking a lot in like seven and eight you know maybe I they seem it clunky if i were to recut and paste if i were to recut my fan edit of eight and nine takes the opening scene of nine with kylo ren trying to find the wayfinder and discovering palpatine and puts that as the end scene of episode eight because mm. that to me is a really interesting way to end that up because there's no cliffhanger at the end of episode eight yeah there's none yeah because they didn't know where it was gonna go well and i think yeah. too like that whole like we put out the call and no one came and then we put out the call again but this time we got lando which i, I would i would respond to lando i would too. but uh the whole thing of like they didn't respond the first time so lando goes and does something and they get them all to respond i would have included that maybe at the end of eight or or somehow like put that right in at the beginning of nine like they actually did respond to the call because i feel like again like it's it's just real like course correction with that is like well we have to get them in but we have to also make it seem like we're gonna fail for a while. Yes. My, my biggest issue with all the rebels or all the allies coming at the end is that I wish it was because 
at the end of eight, what they set up is that the legacy of Luke Skywalker is going to like bring hope to the galaxy. Yeah. Now, why can't that be the reason that all the allies come help? Yeah. Why does it yeah. have to be Lando? It should have been like, if you want to keep the legacy of Luke Skywalker alive, that should have been the reason everyone comes and supports them. Yeah. Yeah. When you get this whole thing, the film starts episode nine starts with this you know, message from the emperor that everyone that is being like sent out across the galaxy. Yep. Perhaps a similar message of Luke could have been sent out across the galaxy earlier on in the film. Like, you know, now is your time to, to come join us, like force ghost Luke everywhere or something. I don't know. He's a powerful guy. You can probably figure it out. <laughs> Did you see that that message of the emperor that they talk about in the opening crawl was released on Fortnite? Was that what that was? I didn't actually watch the Fortnite reveal. The Fortnite reveal was a scene from the episode, but before that scene plays, someone posted this on Reddit, before that scene plays, there's a message with, and it's Ian McDermott, and it's saying that basically he's back, and it was revealed on Fortnite. I was wondering, because I don't play Fortnite, so I didn't know about that, but I knew that that was going on. how stupid is that? (laughs) So this is a marketing, this is a conscious marketing decision. Oh, totally. uh, Okay, so we're not talking about like someone having been devious and spilled no no because no, abrams was, was involved in this yeah. i recall they yeah. should have done this a mcdonald's kids toy um <laughs> but do kids even play with toys anymore <laughs> i would have bought the mcdonald's kids meal then. Yeah, yeah yeah just a weird way to reveal that you know yeah like, why don't you have that in the movie instead of or put that in the, it in the, the mandalorian, mandalorian a special or features something, yeah. or something like do something like thank people for being disney plus subscribers Not you know or something Fortnite. like that that's uh-huh. an odd choice yeah like i'll play it for you guys after this is over it's really bizarre yeah <laughs> yeah i'd love to take a look at that <laughs> Wild. Do you guys play Fortnite? No. no, no. I was, I was like, heard about this thing that they were going to do with it. And I was like, it's obviously nothing. Right. And so I guess it was something, but I don't know. It's just an odd, it's an odd choice. It really is. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to play an ad and we will get back to Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker. Apologies for the swear word you have to cut out. Okay, I'm going to find... Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. And And we we make make up the Cutaways Cutaways Podcast. We're watching the good, the bad, and the essentials of the romantic comedy genre. So far, we've fallen in love with Cary Grant, met up with our terrible friend, pal Joey, and had the desire to run our fingers through Patrick Dempsey's hair. Join our slumber party for your ears every other week, brought to you in stereo from our blanket fort in Hollywood, California. You can find and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Our digital blanket fort can be found at thecutaways.com. If you are the social butterfly types, you can also find us on twitter facebook and instagram as at cutaways podcast All right, gentlemen, we are back to discuss more Star Wars and uh, in between here on the break. We continue to do so, so uh, I figured we better hit record (laughs) because of some good stuff. Uh, One thing I wanted to bring up um, uh, has to do with the fact that it seems 
since Disney acquired the rights to Lucasfilm, uh, I like to joke, um, if you are hired to direct a Star Wars film, there stands about like, oh, maybe like a 40% chance that you'll direct that Star Wars film (laughs) (laughs) with how things go. And which brings me to, and, and so, so those at home who aren't aware, um, this franchise um, has had a lot of interesting behind-the-scenes shakeups where directors were replaced um, or uh, ghost directors were brought in um, or um, entire movies were made <laughs> and then remade uh, with, with a, a new uh, leader. And so I want to get to... Colin Trevorrow and the fact that he initially was the one brought on to helm the finale of the Skywalker saga. What do we know about that? Um, I know he's, he's said a few things online, um, but why? Like, do, I mean, we all, I imagine we all read into this stuff. So for me, I never saw Safety Not Guaranteed. I think that was his like his breakout directorial film. I never saw it, but I did see it's Jurassic awesome. World. And Jurassic World, I think, is a very fun movie, but it's also yes. a very surface level yes. popcorn movie. Yeah, for sure. And I, I want more more than that for my my Star Wars films. And then he had this Book of Henry film, which just got destroyed by people. I mm. people really didn't like that film. Um, I also hear he's really like tough to work with mm. behind the scenes. There's a lot of like okay. things where you know he's like, I directed Jurassic World, and like I made a you know, billion and a half dollars. So I, there's things like that. And again, I don't. I'm not on set with him. I don't know for certain, but. <laughs> Just like his directing style for me seems like from the just the stuff I've seen, I want something a bit more in depth than what he was going to bring to the mm. table. Mm-hmm. Um, and it concerns me because he doesn't have a lot of directing credits behind him. You know, I think Ryan Johnson has more if you add in his TV work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abrams has a ton more and, and he's shepherded a lot of television series. So it really makes sense to bring in. I mean, he brought Star Trek back. So why not, you know, do the same thing for Star Wars? He, he was uh-huh. clearly capable, but I don't know. Like Trevor, for me, I was worried about it the moment I saw his uh-huh. name listed. Uh-huh. I know what you're saying. Um, he's, uh, I, I, you know what? Like I, I think he's a talented director, um, and I loved Safety Not Guaranteed. Um, but that that was the one that made me. I was like, oh, like you know, I, I was surprised when I saw the the announcement of who would be helming. Um, these movies um you know i read what was it um because didn't didn't is is he doing the new jurassic world he's doing jurassic world 3 which is jurassic park 6 something like that but he's he's coming back to finish it because he also was behind the scenes on the the second jurassic world the fallen kingdom okay Uh, he was behind the scenes kind of like and he he actually did have a plan for his trilogy that he created when he did jurassic world so that's one thing i can give to him is he actually did have a plan for the three jurassic world movies sure so so maybe it was more maybe it was related to I, i believe in an interview um and I and I I might be paraphrasing it, but I of course they asked him about well, you know Star Wars Episode Nine. Uh, what can you tell us? about what, what was your movie gonna be? Um, and I believe he had he had said actually um, my plan was to not have any of the original cast members come back, uh, which I found super interesting. And um, and I and. I, I, I saw he was credited as an executive producer on on this, which you know he has we could story credit too. Oh, so was a story yeah. credit. Okay, so maybe I'm like obviously they they use some of what 
um, he manifested and, um, and, and brought to the table. Um, I just can't help but be curious, you know, if that was his plan, if he wasn't banking on that uh, nostalgia factor as much, um, do we think, you know, I also have to wonder, with The Last Jedi backlash, uh, do you think that had anything to do with why they may have said, you know what, Trevor, we're going to have you take a ba the back seat here. We're going to put Abrams back uh, in front of the wheel. Yeah. Um, and I guess from a business standpoint, I, I get that uh, because he really did do a good job of recapturing what everyone loved about Star Wars. I know there's plenty of subjective debate about how he did that and A New Hope and yada, yada, yada. We won't go there. But I I... I I hope. I guess what I'm saying is, I'm, I hope we learn more about what he had planned to do with that. Um, and then, you know, now that this is over, <laughs> it, well, we've also been told this over twice. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows? Twenty years from now, um, I, I I would I would be curious if George Lucas, um, at some point comes out and, and talks a little bit more about um, what he'd hoped to do um, because that also sounded very different. Um, do you guys know anything about that? The only thing I know about George Lucas's thing was, was again, he had, he had prepped seven, eight, nine and he sold those with Lucasfilm to Disney. Right. Um, and it also sounds to me like he would have gotten heavily into the microscopic. Yes. And that's the, the midichlorians of the Jedi, which if you have watched the prequels or spoken about them with anybody, I mean, people hate that that whole idea. Like, we like the idea of the Force being a mystical yeah. power, yeah. Yes. not being yeah. a microscopic injection you can just give someone or, or, you know, something you're born with a certain number of and it defines who you are. So I think, like, it would be interesting to see, but Disney got to make money. And I think, like, if they had released an episode seven that was about the science of the midichlorians and the Force that we wouldn't have an episode eight and nine almost. Yeah. I, I just think, I don't think anybody would have gone to see that movie except yeah. for like, like the people who were going to just, just kind of like be, what is this monster going to be? So it's all about, you got to make your money. And, and he made that choice when he sold the company. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'd be curious what he thinks of this film. So, I mean, back to this film again, I, is there anything that you guys feel you expected to see and didn't um or am i the only one who's been kind of making this movie in his head for like the past two years <laughs> go ahead <laughs> um because the palpatine thing in ray like i i thought something like you know if this is the skywalker lineage no i didn't say that ray was i, I didn't th i didn't think that ray was for sure like her grand or the granddaughter of Palpatine, but I had to wonder. I'm like, okay, if this is by the way that this story is structured, like I have to wonder if she is a descendant of someone from the Sith. Yeah, I think the only thing I was hoping for was just uh, they kept promising that this is going to tie all nine films together, and I don't think it does. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, I think it still ignores the. I think Disney just hates the prequels for whatever reason. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Like they just continually reject. They're scared. The prequels. They're scared of yeah. the prequels, like because people sad. don't like them. You we're know, they sad. they're like it's concerning. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, 
and I, I wish I, I know the prophecy with, and I, I'm still a big believer in Anakin Skywalker being the true chosen one and the true hero of this entire saga. And I wish they would have just had something to do with Anakin more in this. And I feel like he, I don't know. I feel like he could have played a role in this somehow. That would have helped me feel better about how these all these films connect. But I'm not dissatisfied with the way we went. Yeah, for me, like we talked about it earlier on. Uh, I, I love a lot of the things that happen in the film. Again, it comes down to some choppy writing choices and some chopping editing choices for me. Um, the things that I ex- I expected but didn't want Kylo to go back to the light. Mm. I wanted mm-hmm. him to die a villain's death. I mean, that's what happens when you kill your own dad. Um, personally, I just I didn't see that happening. And the way they executed it, I thought, was probably the best way for me where I didn't get bothered by it. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, they did it. Good for them. Um, I expected there to be some revelation about Ray's lineage. Uh, I did not expect it to be Palpatine. I, in my mind, I always kept seeing like a convoluted, like granddaughter of Obi-Wan. And I mm. thought that might even be why they announced this Obi-Wan series yeah. was that we were going to uh, get Obi-Wan yeah. like getting busy on Tatooine <laughs> and, and maybe that was going to be our hint, you know, but we didn't get that either. I and it's that. like, <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably watch six episodes of that. So, yeah. um, <laughs> I just, yeah, like there's a lot of things I knew were going to happen. And I think the twists and turns of it all, um, not problems for me. It's just the way that it was written. Uh, and the way that it was edited. And I felt like, yeah. did you guys notice a surprising lack of uh, cam- like swipes in the editing? Like we didn't get those like classic that, no. Star Wars swipe away scenes oh, I, I as saw, often. I saw a couple of them. They were there's real a couple. fast. <laughs> yeah, they're real fast in that film. And there's a lot of jumping back and forth that I felt like it didn't it didn't feel edited like a Star Wars film. Yeah, and my, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say was that these scenes, like the scenes weren't very long. I want to know what the longest scene in the movie is. I, I think I can maybe tell you what it was. It was probably something to do with uh, the temple at the end. Yeah, Papa Pops, um, yeah. Yeah, but leading up to that, holy, like that thing, like like I, I, I can't remember what it was. It, um, uh, and Kyle, maybe you can uh, refresh my memory. Um, I know that there was one, there was one scene they cut to where there was literally no dialogue and I feel like was uh, Kylo Ren carrying, uh, was it his helmet or was it like a, um, what, what the heck was it? This might be a lost cause. Me trying to evoke this from my memory once again. Like there was just so <laughs> much going on constantly, um, but I just remember feeling like there's a scene that was like 30 seconds, and I remember just being like, "Wow, that was really weird to see in a Star Wars movie." Because these mm. movies take their time to breathe, um, and this one couldn't. Yeah, um, and that's but, that's my biggest problem with it is there's the moments that needed gravity didn't have grab like Ray being a Palpatine. Like we should let that kind of sink in. Yeah. in. That's a moment to let John Williams step in yeah. and just focus on Ray and that. Nun, nun, yeah, like, <laughs> like oh, we got to get the, fu- get to the fucking get out of here. And then like the, and, and, um, Ben's death is so fast. You, you don't get a time to process. That. I heard it's that true. there were some people in a, in the screening before mine that, uh, they were like they cheered when the kiss happened and then they laughed when the death happened just because it went from like this kind of awkward kiss yeah. of these two people who've been enemies for two and a half films kissing and you're not sure if it's a romantic or if it's like an emotional we've shared our minds kind of kiss and then he's just gone and, and you're gone, like oh, which sucks. oh okay yeah like 
Um, Cause he is easily 100% my favorite character in this entire trilogy. Me too. 100%. He's my second favorite character in star Wars now. Like see for me, it wasn't him. It was Finn because I love the idea of we've never gotten a character like Finn before a guy who was born into a yeah. stormtrooper life yeah. and broke away. And I think his arc is probably the strongest of the trilogy just from full to completion at the end of, of nine, he gets a chance to turn on his, you know, on his oppressors and like he's given these opportunities and he doesn't always take them as the trilogy goes on. And now this last film, he's full on a general leading the resistance against, mm -hmm. you know, and he's, he's joined up. He's on a star destroyer, literally standing on one shooting at the, <laughs> the top of it. Like I think his is the best arc. And I was really pleased with where his ended up. Mm -hmm. That's good. Uh, the, I, I've got to I've got to make commentary on the whole Finn thing because Finn was my favorite character in The Force Awakens, and I I, I loved obviously the the twist uh, being oh it's not it's not Finn um, actually it's Ray uh, Ray Ray is, Ray is the one uh, uh, and I and and yes him him having that that stormtrooper um, origin I think it just I what I would have loved to see, okay, is like we've. It, to me, it would have made sense to have Poe. I I felt like Finn and Poe maybe were too much are walking on the same road. The road, same road. Mm -hmm. Like I would have loved for Phasma to be alive. I mean, I would have loved simultaneously. It's like Ray um, has Kylo Ren, Finn you know, has phasma and like that. I wish that that arc had gone into uh, this film and we could have seen some sort of conclusion with that. And, uh, and, and beyond that, because like, I, I guess my, my, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'll even call it an issue. I, I guess I just felt it was predictable. Like, okay, yeah, he's going to just, he's going to become a leader of the, with the resistance um, because I don't know what else you'd do with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, what would have, been a really uh redeeming uh event to happen is i think in the last jedi when he is charging towards uh the the mega beam that they're using to uh to uh when the resistance is yeah. hiding are there they've they've uh, they're in the trenches if he would have sacrificed himself uh to me like that would have been a great redemption and i would have been sad that he was gone um, but I wouldn't have expected it. And, um, yeah, I, 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 he, he, he's a great character. I, I just kind of wish they'd thought about it ahead of time. Yeah. I, I agree though with that. Cause when I was rewatching last Jedi, I think this every time I watch the last Jedi, I think he should have sacrificed himself. I think mm -hmm. it would have been a stronger take. Cause he already, com he completed his like most important task, which is taking out Phasma. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he's, exactly. he's now, he's now he's risen above that. And if he had gone out at that point, that, that, that's a central problem too, with the, this new trilogy is that they're, they're too afraid of death. Mm -hmm. uh, Poe mm -hmm. Dameron was supposed to die in the force awakens. Yep. Wow. Um, and he was supposed to die very early on. Mm -hmm. It was going to be like, kind of like a misdirect, like, Oh, you like, you like Oscar Isaac too bad. He's gone. Um, and they kept him around. I think it's probably when we see him again near the, la the last half of the film, cause he's missing for a solid hour of that movie. Yeah. I don't think he was going to come back. I think he was going to crash and die. And yeah. that's the end. Um, if they had done that and then lost Finn in eight or done one of those two, that would have made some time for characters like Rose who kind of got jar jarred out of this oh last God, movie. Yeah, that's um, so bad for her, or, or, you know, like, like 
even like a character like Zori Bliss or like the ones yeah. that they introduce in this film, it would have given them more time to breathe yeah. and, and less time to just kind of be there. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have been introducing these new characters. And I think w- what a shock it would have been to like really see like these two characters you thought were going to be there at the end. One goes out in seven, one goes out in eight. And now you're, you're without, you know? So yeah. I think making a decision to lose one of those in one of the previous films would have made room to breathe. I, I, I agree, which makes me bring up this, you know, speaking of people we lost, how did you guys feel about the handling of Carrie Fisher and the footage they used? Because to me, I felt um, that what they had to use of her wound up dictating the pace of the film, at least the first act. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, like the whole film, obviously, is, is going a million miles a minute. But um, even after that first scene we have of her with Ray uh, training, it just didn't feel like a fully formed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and again, they did a good job. Like they did a good job for what they had. Um, but there's there's just something you couldn't quite, quite put your finger on. It's just sort of like, this didn't seem like it had an arc to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it this kind of seemed like, okay, we're gonna go over here. And then while that's happening, we're actually now gonna, we're gonna wipe away to something else. Um, there wasn't a lot of um, landing um, w- w- with her scenes, I guess. Mm-hmm. How did you guys feel about, do, do you think it would've been better if they'd written her out? That was my suggestion. Um, was I think open episode nine with our princess is gone. That's the beginning of the crawl. And then I think when you have a moment like that ending on Tatooine where she's burying the sabers, mm. you can still have that flashback with her because you, you, it's done so quickly that the de-aging and stuff is just like, oh, that's her and then move on. And then you have that moment at the end where she buries the sabers and looks out and sees Luke and Leia as force ghosts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that like people would have lost their damn minds in that theater. Like they really would have gone crazy for it. So, um, yeah, that, that for me, like, I just, I think it was a smarter choice. I heard a lot of people saying recaster, and I think that would have mm-hmm. taken people out of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think for, for what sure. they did, they they did the best they could. And if you watch the scenes, yeah, you're right. Like, she dictates how the scenes go. Yeah. There's a, there's a moment where someone's like, says to her, like, this is impossible. There's no way this will ever be possible. I can't do this. And then they cut to her and she goes, nothing is impossible. And you know that that scene was written for something different in The Force yeah. Awakens and yeah, then repurposed. used. And it's like, everyone else is explaining things so that she can say, don't tell me that. Okay. And then it moves on again. Like I'm fine with it. I love the scenes. They got me emotional. I would have done it differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you? Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think, I, I think, um, there could have been, uh, there could have been a way to, I don't know. I'm, I'm really on the fence about it. Um, I know how I feel about the execution of that particular part of the film, but um, good for them for figuring out a way to do it and keep 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 her, you know, a, a, alive to mm-hmm. to to service the story. Um, but I could, as a filmmaker, I just couldn't help but see or, yeah. or, or trying to like dig through. I'm like, okay, like she's holding her heart and she's, you know, and she's uh, uh, stumbling and she has to go lay down. I'm like, was that perhaps originally what happened when Han? died and that was sort of extended uh and stuff that they didn't use and that's why she went and laid down because yeah it it and it worked i think it it worked you know losing her son um so yeah i don't know i i don't, I don't really know where else to go I, with that i it's don't just, think people are mad about it yeah like i think, I, I think like it. you can you can no. say it as a criticism of the finished film but i don't think pe- i think people get it 
Yeah. And it's like, we get it. It was nice to see her yeah. again. Um, and, and I think as, especially losing Han in, in seven, losing Luke in eight, nine was supposed to be Leia's movie. Like she was supposed to be such a big presence in that film. Right. And to lose, like to lose the actress, then you're like, how do, how do we deal with this? They dealt mm-hmm. with it. I think the best they felt mm-hmm. they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, um, the notion of, um, I think, yeah, what you, what you said about Leia being an integral part of the film, if that was always the intention and they, and they were, uh, I, 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 I I do have to give them a lot of credit for reworking um, that into obviously life happens and she's, she's gone. Um, and so, I mean, maybe it did make sense to, to just sort of shift what, what her presence was um, because yeah, like on paper that does work because I do feel like we spend them. I mean, we do spend the most time with Leia um, from, from the, the original trio Um um, oh, I had something I want to bring up. No, I forgot what it was. Uh, it, um, oh gosh. Um, oh, did you guys feel like she was short? <laughs> like, like to me, she looked very short in, in terms of the way they rotoscoped yeah. her. And like, Ray was very tall uh, by comparison <laughs> to her. For some reason, like that caught my eye. Um, I'm, a lot, I'm not like the way that Darth Vader walked in Rogue One. I'm like, that just doesn't look like how Darth Vader walks. Oh, and I remember just yeah. thinking, that is not, I like I don't remember Carrie Fisher being that much shorter than Daisy Ridley. Anyway, Ray had big boots. You know, oh, they were training boots. Very, so very, very large boots. Very high. <clears throat> yeah. What do you guys think of that that little training montage of Luke and Leia? I thought that was kind of cool. That was fun. It was really cool. Uh, yeah. I Hamill looked awesome. Yeah, he did. Yeah, wow. they both did. I, I in my mind, like when I saw him with like the thing on, I was like, they're gonna open it. It's gonna be like Sebastian Stan. Everyone's been kind of joking uh. that he looks like <laughs> Hamill. Like, they're gonna open it. It's gonna yeah. be Sebastian Stan. But I was really impressed with the the de-aging on Mark Hamill. I thought they did a good enough job with Carrie Fisher, but again, it's mm-hmm. less to work with because she's not around to film anything for it. It kind of reminded me of her moment in Rogue One where Rogue it's like One. it didn't yeah. really pull me out of the film because, again, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was a really cool training montage. I would have rather had maybe more time with that version of Leia, the flashbacks that we got. Mm. Uh, and I think that almost redeems her, her Mary Poppins moment in episode eight that a lot of people had problems with where she's using the force to fly into the ship again. Yeah. This is Abrams kind of like supporting his brother, you know, like, yes, help. I got you, Ryan. I'll, I'll show this. So it's like, yeah, she did go on and she did. Uh, and just cause we didn't see it. Didn't mean it didn't happen. And yeah. now, yeah, we've, we saw a snippet of it. I thought that was really cool. And, and you know what it reminded me of was, um, now I've never read this, this novel, um, but I do have, I believe there are four issues of the comic, um, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Are you guys familiar mm-hmm. with that? Mm-hmm. Um, never read it, but I've read like the synopsis, if you will. <laughs> yeah, essentially. So <clears throat> for those who don't know, what it was is, you know, George Lucas was prepared for Star Wars to be a failure. Um, he really did not think it was going to do as well as it did. And um, <clears throat> he, he, he essentially created what was a contingency plan or sequel or with a script that was far more uh, low budget uh, or, or fi- you know, was far more uh, um, uh, creatable uh, <laughs> budget-wise where it had, uh, uh, I can't remember what it was exactly that they were chasing after, but essentially Luke and Leia um, deserted, I believe, on like a jungle-like planet. 
um, and they're racing uh, to to obtain something with you know Darth Vader's after it as well. So naturally, there's confrontation. Um, I was talking with uh, Ryan Grams uh, the other day, and I'm like, oh man, how cool would that be? To, uh, you know, because ben, ben and I always talk about doing like some sort of uh, Star Wars fan film. And, mm. You know, there's a million of them out there, <laughs> but how cool would it be to make a fake trailer to that movie, Splinter of the Mind's Eye? I think no. that would be really cool. Um, <laughs> But um, but yeah no it, it reminded me of that um, because I, I think they're like in the like jungle wooded area and um, and there's their suits and they're matching and um, anyway so um, what uh, what so what all is next for Star Wars I've I remember correct me if I'm wrong this is going to be the last movie for quite some time and and they're going to bank on Disney Plus content is that accurate so to my knowledge i did some research on this actually last night uh as far as the film world goes there is still a lucasfilm dated film in 2022 that was supposed to be the benioff and weiss uh game of thrones guys were doing a, a trilogy that we believe was going to be older public but of course they left with their netflix deal i think there was some more like shuffling around going there um so 2022 still has a date for it now kevin feige from marvel is still developing his film that's so um, smart. Ryan Johnson so is still smart. developing his idea, apparently. So we've got a lot of like possibilities, but no concrete plans. I think they're going to wait until uh, Rise of Skywalker's on home video, and then they're going to kind of you know decide where to go from there. Um, Mandalorian is shooting its second season. There's oh, really? Also, yep, they've, they've been shooting that now for, I think, since right after the first episode aired. They've, yep. they've got it ready and going. Uh, there's also a Cassian Andor series based on the character from Rogue One. Yeah, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan has one. And there's also rumors around about a Dr. Afra series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the, like the the canon uh, comic books characters, I think. Yeah, associated um, with Vader. And yeah, there's rumors that she that's already filming. I don't think so. But <laughs> I think that's kind of like a riskier one. So there's a lot of stuff on Disney Plus, And I, I think we're going to have to breathe for a little bit. And I'm kind of fine with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't want Star Wars to go away. Like I, and I, I don't want it to go away from the theater, but yeah. I'm kind of fine with taking a year or two off. Um, and hopefully they'll learn and, and mm-hmm. decide on a plan for mm-hmm. what's going to be coming next. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The and, greatest teacher failure is. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, uh, I was just playing that, um, the new Star Wars video game, the Jedi fallen order. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's pretty, it's uh, cinematically I, like I I can't get over how amazing video games have have um, how far they've come in terms of telling compelling stories. Um, that yeah, that story so far has been really really uh, satisfying. Mm. Um, if you guys have the uh, the hardware to play it, I recommend it, especially as Star Wars fans, or at least go on YouTube and watch uh, uh, the cinematics and soak in the story. Um, so the um with with the Kenobi series coming out I'm I I've I've thought a lot about this because I've wanted a movie about Obi-Wan Kenobi. I know this is <laughs> what do you guys think the best approach to that would be because I think there's a lot of different things they could do. Um, I, I could be, I, I, I don't think I can take this as an original idea of mine. I think I, I, if I remember right, 
Mark Bernardin, um, and, and maybe you guys are familiar. Are you guys familiar with Lone Wolf and Cub? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I've seen a lot of that on The Mandalorian this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to totally. Um, and and the, uh, yeah, so, so you're right, I guess, with The Mandalorian uh, kind of taking that approach with uh, essentially Lone Wolf and Cub, uh, think of it as, uh, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi essentially having to protect this this child, which is which is Luke Skywalker until he finds a ways and mean or a way and means of um, getting him somewhere where he is okay to to uh, let him go. And 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 uh, I thought that that journey could be interesting. I don't know. I keep wondering, you know, is this going to be him just like kind of pent up in some cave? Uh, not like uh, not unlike Castaway. Where it's like we're just spending a lot of time with him. What does he do in his spare time? Oh well, maybe he'll make something out of his robe, or maybe he'll, he'll. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited, and I, I'm I'm glad they're doing it. Um, and funny that you uh, and McGregor had to hide that for years. Mm -hmm. Apparently, he's known. So, any announcements on who's helming those shows or that show in particular? Uh, Deborah Chow is yes, doing the entire series. Yes. So she directed yep. episodes three and seven of The Mandalorian. Okay. Um, she's very prominent among directors uh working in the television world i don't think she's okay. done any features but like the fact that they're giving her all i believe six episodes or the entire season um is pretty cool and yeah. and she did do i mean i've seen the, the first seven mandalorian episodes she's done my two favorites yeah three was definitely um, my favorite I'm three is phenomenal right now, and and yeah, seven is great. really solid stuff mm. so i think from what i've seen there like give her the show yeah mm. I'm ready for it. <laughs> uh, was three the one with uh, the ATST? No, that's three four. Was the one where he breaks out the child from. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he and, returns and, and decides what he wants to do. Yeah, that was great. Or the Mandalorians coming help him. Yeah, that was great. That was a good episode. So yeah, I'm excited with her doing it. My only concern though with the, with any of these Disney Plus shows is I, the Mandalorian can have multiple seasons, sure, but I don't want multiple seasons of Obi Wan. No, I want a singular story, beginning, yeah. middle, and end, a limited series. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't want a hundred episodes of Obi Wan. I don't. Yeah. Don't do that because it's just gonna it's gonna muddle the waters I mean, of this live action. I do like, because I love you and McGregor. I'd watch, but them, I don't. <laughs> but you're definitely going down the path of like you're yeah. going to eventually disappoint them. Mm -hmm. You know, give us a six episode, a, a big six hour movie, and just end it there mm -hmm. and I, yeah i'm so happy that tv has gone the route of limited series or at least like we don't need to have 30 something episodes per season because about 15 or like even even the marvel um series as well as 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 uh those have been done or the netflix ones rest rest in peace um i thought some some of them you know they they could have lost several episodes and, and kept to a solid tight nine or yeah. ten um, not unlike Game of Thrones or um, uh, Big Little Lies, all the stuff on HBO is mm -hmm. really good about kind of reeling in the amount of episodes that, you know, they make each one really count. Yeah, well, there's really even criticism count. about the eight episodes of The Mandalorian that feels like five and six were criticized for being not that like integral to the story. And maybe we'll watch the end of the season and we'll be like, oh, that actually really mattered. But they're yeah. the two episodes not written by Jon Favreau. And they're the two that seem like you could pull them out and skip past them and, it, and they might not mean anything. Now, six is great. Watch six. It's awesome. It's a great, you know, little story. But I think we're even seeing that in an eight episode series. You think like Law and Order with its 25 episodes and four different shows every year. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely, five contain. I was the one with the the younger. Uh, uh, 
if I was with the younger like bounty hunter, uh, bounty hunter on or yeah, want or like the, the want to be yeah model or yeah. 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 yeah okay well great guys I is there anything else you want to talk about any more thoughts anything I didn't touch on that you feel I missed or we missed or that we could riff on because I'm for now this is all I've got I'm gonna have to watch it again I could probably come back and There's talk so another to it another yeah. couple hours yeah. about it but yeah. Um, I'm curious to watch it a second time and, and see if that my issues with the lack of having proper moments for things are still issues. It it feels better on the second time through. Like I walked out of the first time going like, wow, that was such a great theater experience. I love, mm-hmm. you know, and I yep. love Star Wars. Same. So really every Star Wars film is going to get a, a pretty nice and shiny review from me. But yep. um, this one just felt the most McClunky of them. Like mm-hmm. it felt like it was kind of like all over the place. Um trying to focus in and i think again like take some of that stuff out of that first hour Mm -hmm. because some of that mcguffin search can be squeezed together a little bit tighter give us more with this palpatine sith temple thing yeah Mm. you know where all the hooded figures are the former directors of star wars films um (laughs) (laughs) like give us more time in that temple um because i think that was the really cool part for me that would have as you said tied the nine films together more Um, and that's where the first two acts of the film for me were actually pretty fun they're fun yes third act in particular the last half of the third act where I started to feel like uneasy about it Mm -hmm. Um, and it it sucks because you know it's like you get the falcon coming back with the whole fleet and you want that to be a big moment and that doesn't that lasts for seconds and it's like come on that's an awesome moment the falcon's here with their their giant like that's so cool and then that doesn't last very long and if there's one thing that moment does though it just showcases how awesome john williams is oh yeah with these nine films and i, I just picked up the soundtrack to, to it yesterday because i need to drive around yeah. in my car with I've that for like the too. next several months <laughs> yep. um but like man that guy just he knocked it out of the park of nine films in a row with this thing as yeah. he always does but like if you listen to each one of those soundtracks is different he's like mm-hmm. 90 yeah. yeah that's and he's still insane. serving drinks in the bar in rise of skywalker <laughs> <laughs> that is no that, that is absolutely incredible the, the the one thing you know we're talking about this third act um, that I think that I, 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 they went so huge with it. Um, and it like, what, how, how, did, how did you guys feel when Palpatine's like, every ship has a blaster on it that can destroy a, a planet. Ridiculous. Every ship you see out there, which are, there are millions like, uh, like at, the, at what point is it like, it just, it's, 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 I, I can't think of another way to say it besides too much. Like, 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 how are you going to stop them? And and like, why do you even need those ships if you are, uh, all, you know, his hands up in the sky, basically, like, like with the electricity. Just put uh, him on a ship and the that lightning. Didn't, yeah, didn't, like that he didn't bother he, me he, as much. He was, he, he was. I, I mean, I don't know. Like I. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it that they they had they had to go big. It had to be the biggest, but it uh, it 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 takes away some of the danger. It takes away yeah. some of the weight. Like I never. That's what I'm gonna say. Is like I never felt like our characters were in danger in this movie. I yeah, never that's really felt apparent that. when they're when they're on the Star Destroyer too, and they're just picking off stormtroopers. And it's like, wouldn't that be a great moment to surprise people if stormtroopers actually hit someone? <laughs> like, uh, and, and you know, didn't Poe get hit? He gets hit, but like Poe he gets, gets hit, hit on I, like a surface level. And I was like, I was surprised by it, but like there needs to be more danger. These people need to. I mean, the best way to make your characters uh, shine is to make them suffer. So let's give them more 
problem and not less not more MacGuffin problem more like serious we that's, may not make it out of this problem end game did so well as i felt genuinely afraid in, in moments of end game mm-hmm. yeah and I, I i i i don't know i don't know what the filmmaking techniques i don't know what the storytelling techniques are to make you feel that way but i also didn't quite feel that in yeah it kind of feels like jj abrams is like a sharper image employee trying to license the star the death star because he's like the first time he's like we'll just make it bigger and then this one he's like we'll just put it on every star destroyer you know like and he's just trying to like sell this thing like we can sell these everywhere he's you know he's he's yogurt from Spaceballs merchandising so (laughs) I, i didn't have an issue with the lightning thing though because if you think about it palpatine just absorbed the essence of two of the strongest people who, yeah, have, who have bonded the force who have bonded like the di- the the whole of them being that's the dyad right that's of the why force, he did it yeah the whole of them being the dyad of the force or whatever it was is, is brilliant i think that's amazing that they're mm-hmm. like equals and then him absorbing all of their power of course he's going to be super powerful now yeah and again like that just shines so i wanted more time with that because like yeah. tell me tell me more about what he can do yeah. in this state. Cause he is mm-hmm. a husk. He is a, you know, he's, he's Voldemort on the back of the guy's yep. head and in, in sorcerer stone. So um, show me like what he's capable of, but do it in a way that like, you know, really like add some time to that moment so that when he does something like that, show us some ships falling, you know, show us some yeah. people in real danger. And, you know, uh, and I just don't think they spent enough time on those moments to make it like, and I really, I really wanted him to yell unlimited power when he was doing that. And then it was resolved by Ray pulling out a second lightsaber and just walking closer, which is yeah. kind of stupid to me. Uh, yeah. Oh, just use the second lightsaber, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It's fun to see those parallels, though, between Endgame and this film, knowing how they're both being kind of received. You know, like there's the on your left moment with Lando coming in with all the ships. And then there's even like the I am the Sith. And I she goes, and Sith. I am the, the Jedi, Jedi, you know, like, God, yeah. I am Iron Man. I couldn't ignore that. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, totally. I saw, it was so Endgame like uh-huh. like way too soon. Like, yeah. I get it, but it's just way too close to Endgame to yeah literally do the same thing they did. And then it wouldn't normally fault it, but they're both owned by Disney, so some guy, some guy some, somewhere someone, was like, yeah. we probably should talk to them about this. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the yeah, the, the, I think I think yeah, the weight of the action at, at, at a certain point um, does just feel. An, uh, I'm, I'm I'm struggling to complete my sentences because uh, uh, like I I feel once again like you know I'll I'll just talk about it like I just want to reiterate like I like this movie. That's not Do, what you told me when you left the theater. I didn't. I, I time didn't, heals us all. No, okay. I, I, I did. I didn't say I disliked it. I remember you you came out and you said I loved it and oh, I, I grabbed your shoulder and I said I'm glad you did because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I, 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 I still don't like it's there's there's a there, there yes there were a lot of disappointments in the sense of I, I didn't want to see as much as the fan service but it's it's a weird tight corner that Abrams was was put in and I I, I I think ultimately, like I, I don't know how else, like, from a business perspective, and and needing to satisfy an audience, I get it. Like I'm, I'm, I, I'm not saying that that was wrong. It's just not what I would have preferred. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, Did you like the ending of Ray taking up the Skywalker name? Um, of all the Skywalkers dying. I mean, I, I just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> For me, like, 
I think it was a it was a good moment. Um, it was a good moment, but it wasn't that uh, Kevin Smith saying it was gonna. I was gonna cry mind in my melting, eyes. Yeah, mind, mind melting, melting moment. Yes. Um, I, in my head, I was just like, "Who's the lady next to that creature? Like, is she, are we supposed to know her? Uh-huh. Like, you know, Uncle Ben had maybe a side hustle. Uh, I don't know, but like uh, for me, it it was a nice moment, and I liked that she got probably one of the better choices you could make with her character arc is that she made the decision. I am not a Palpatine just because I was mm-hmm. born into this family. Yeah. It goes back to what you were saying. What the ultimate the trilogy, theme of yeah. this is, is you are not who you were born to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that even too, again, kind of legitimizes some of Ryan Johnson's mm-hmm. like, you know, Jedi can come from anywhere mm-hmm. moment, you know, to it all, it all kind of like, I will never fault anything Abrams did with this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. given what he had to accomplish mm-hmm. i will yeah. only fault lucasfilm for planning it wrong that's mm-hmm. that's a lot how i see it as well like that core story he tried to tell like i, I sound like a broken record like with the new characters like i like that mm-hmm. it was all the other stuff that that was just sort of surrounding it and, and making it so noisy that that was kind of annoying to me yeah. but mm-hmm. But I still will say this. I left the theater the first night really enjoying it. I left mm-hmm. the theater uh, yesterday afternoon enjoying it more. Interesting. The things I didn't like about it softened because, again, it was you were out of the surprise of it. Now it was just enjoying it for what it is. You're going to have to tell that to Anthony Cousins because um, he... Uh, yeah, I saw, I saw his, I saw his post. On, on oh, Instagram. my goodness. I was like, oh, my God, you put oh. so poor soul. <laughs> he's not happy. He's not happy at all, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and he's another guy who, like, tends to, like... Everything. Everything. A lot of stuff, yeah. A lot of stuff. I don't usually see him being critical about anything. Yeah. 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 Let's call him right now. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure he's okay. okay. Yeah, let's wrap this up. We'll call our friends. and and, Call your loved ones. These conversations are going to continue for years. Uh, And that's kind of what's so special about this entire franchise is what it means to everyone, whether you're a filmmaker, whether you're, um, you know, if you did something for your childhood, um, if you're just, you know, strictly a consumer um, i think everything everyone has something to say about star wars that mm-hmm. did something for them to either evoke their imagination or inspire it um and uh there really hasn't been anything else like that um, yeah. at least in cinema strictly cinema you know where it didn't come from some book it didn't come from some other source mm-hmm. um and i am kind of sad that that storyline is now over um and uh so yeah star wars it's not over, but in some ways it's over. And is the show over, guys? That's kind of how this works, right? We yeah. don't we have to determine that together. Yeah. It's not over until someone says it's over. Over it is. Over it is. <laughs> ben? Over it is. Yeah. That was go. better. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for having us, Nick.